0: yo what's going on y'all it's your boy Show. Unpopular Theory we back
1: Big is the Super Bowl, but the subscribe, support, is, it's just share
0: people they I don't know who this is just Make intro
1: what's going on y'all episode 53 quick hit who the who you bitches really rooting for? Like a kid that had bad from January to November, nigga. It's just you and Cole. Biggest the what? Biggest the what? Biggest the what? Biggest the Super Bowl,
0: nigga. All right, y'all. It's your boy Shoke. Remember, support, subscribe, share. Unpopular Theory. Wherever you get your podcast at. I'm everywhere. So this week, this episode, it's about a couple things. So let's get it. Hey, check this out, man. When you really think about everything, about how people are in general, like uh, I was watching something the other day online, and it was talking about support, and uh, conversation was basically about uh, how you support people. Like, for instance, you are entrepreneur, you entrepreneur, you're black, you get a store in, around your neighborhood in your community, whatever, right? And then... Uh, People see you and they're like, oh, yo, that's a nice restaurant or whatever. Nice business, black, let me support it. But you pull up to the restaurant, the industry, whatever, whatever type of situation it is, and the service fucking sucks. It's horrible. See, that shouldn't be true, but it's factual in a lot of times. uh, I want to give a brief story. Uh, I went to uh, this place in Atlanta, Blaze Candy. Todd, you know, real hot spots. Went there, I want to say last year. Prior to me going, you know, I heard of it, you know, seen seen uh the show a couple times. And uh, New Blaze was Candy and Todd's joint, right? It says it on the outside. Candy and Todd presents Blaze. So, you know, had buzz like the other restaurant that had, OLG. So my peoples went, they like, yo, the food was amazing, it was great. So we get there off this, you know, imagery, thinking that hey, this is this is gonna be good. So we get there, yo, service is horrible. And mind, just like ten of us, including the couple that went before. So we sitting there about an hour. We got like appetizers and drinks. Appetizers were either cold or whatever. And this is not just us; this was people in the room. So we like strike one. Voicing our opinion from our table was like 12 New Yorkers. So these other uh, people that were in there basically started saying the same shit. We were saying like, damn, yo, I, I, I ordered the potato. Lady had a baked potato and it was cold. So it was like, all right. They just basically reheated the baked potato, brought it back out. It was like, it's like the same fucking potato, got the same marks where you know, I, I took the bite out of it. So it was like, damn. Everybody' food was either cold or just disgusting. So my food was not good. It was cold. Like what I forgot what I had. Some type of chicken with sauce, but it was cold. So the manager comes out. You know, we 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 uh, talk to the the hostess, like you know, I mean, the waiter, like, hey, waitress is a woman. Hey, listen, you know this shit is horrible. You know, not no discredit to you, but come on, now. like we've been sitting here an hour and we didn't get our entrees until like that hour. So our manager came out, blonde lady. He's like, I'm so sorry, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we don't have to pay the whole bill or whatever, whatever. So uh, basically we're like, damn, the experience was fucking horrible. Like, you know what I mean? This big brand. And I get it when you pull up. It was a Saturday night. Nobody came to work. Whatever their excuse was. And me and God being in management, customer service, you explain that to people. But you roll your sleeves up. You do what you got to do. You come out, you keep the drinks flowing, you do what you got to do. You provide the service. So even if it's late, at least people say, hey, you know what? The drinks are on point, whatever. They gave us like a shot, a couple shots, whatever, then charges. We tipped the waitress, we left. And I was like, damn, this is fucking horrible. So I I wrote a Yelp review. So I'm looking on a Yelp review and I'm like, damn, yo. It's like everybody's saying the same thing. Like it's fucked up and X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. So that was just an experience. So then uh, I went to another place in in Atlanta, Black House, beautiful place. Great service, black-owned, smaller, not known as in Marietta. Been there three times. The each time, great. Amazing. Service, drinks could be, eh, but the food is great. If the drinks is horrible, the ladies like the mimosas, the DJ interaction, the, the I've been there twice, not three. The two times I've been there, we sat directly in the middle, the booth next to the DJ. Great experience. Like reviews on that on web, um, like Facebook, Instagram, amazing. So they provided service. The drinks may not be strong, but like I said, ladies go there for mimosas. So it is what it is. The ambiance is great. The service is amazing. So even if the drinks are lacking, you. There, because one, the food is great. The food is fantastic. The service is great. So it balances out. So why is it that with black people businesses, right, it's like usually 30 to 40% great experience and 60% not. And we people are big on service. We're big on service when we go to places and it's not served, whether it's white, Asian, whatever. We'll turn up. We'll say shit about it. But with our own businesses, like we don't give a fuck. We treat people that look like us like shit. And then, when, like, you in the hood, you got Chinese restaurants, you get mad if Mei Ling and Ling Wang or whatever her name is treat you like shit. You get mad. But we do the same shit. And I'm gonna be honest the Korean woman service or the Chinese service is better than ours most of the time. And they don't give a fuck about us. But they give better service. Why is that? Why is that black women go to get their nails done and whatever they get done, their manneys, their petties, their face shoes, all that? I live in an area that's predominantly African American, Latino. You don't see any uh, nail salons, they are there, they're around. But then when you hear is like the service, the service. I'm paying extra because I get it. We may support the market and we are the dynamic where the market is aimed at, but we don't have any equity in the market when it comes to beauty and hair. That's a fact. That's on us. That's on us. We want unite, mobilize. Barbers, I know I got a whole bunch of barber homies that own shops. And it's an Asian man that comes around and sells them parts and Give them and supplies, and Mr. Lee, that's his name. Because they got that game cornered. They got it cornered. So all these barbershops that are in, in the hood, salons and everything, 95% of them, I would say damn near 100% of them, have to go to somebody named Lee or somebody named Wong. Or he comes to them. So they corner the market. My man, B, B don't got a shop on Ralph, and he got his chairs made by a black guy. And a black guy had excellent service. And he said, the reason why I went to a black guy, because I'm a black business owner, so he had to search for this guy. So when the chair broke, the guy in the service stuck with it. Like, yo, now nah, I got you. My man who makes the bevels, the razors, the uh, clippers, a man being on no support, he bought. He like, yo, it's black, it could be trash, but I'm gonna do it. The blade broke, excellent service. So you do have anomalies within the culture who provide great service. But at the end of the day, why do we have to go that? Them toughie bags. Some people get good service, some people get bad service. I've heard mixed reviews. And it goes back to, like I said, it's always like a 60-40 thing. It's never like an 80-20 in a good way. But we supply the demand, but we support each other but the service just fucking sucks. Why is that? It's like, it's fucked up. It's just a question I I just wanted to ask. I don't have all the answers to it, people, but at the end of the day, why does the service suck when it's involving a person of color? Why? Why, when you go to that place, that restaurant, and... The hostess, the person that's seating you, isn't paying attention to you. Either on the phone, looking at the TV, looking at the nails, has an attitude because they have they have to do their job. Like right? you show up to work not wanting to work and you get mad because you have to work. This shit bugs me the fuck out, but that's what we deal with. That's the step. Is that a stereotype or is a fact? Yeah, I'm gonna have to say it's a fact. We give fucking horrible service, man. And then we curse anybody else out that us like shit. For the most part. So, is that training? That's just, that's the behavior? Like, oh, niggas just gonna buy. Because that's how we feel that the Asians do to us or the Jews, whoever we buy from. If you go to a Jew person, a Jewish establishment, whatever, to pick something up, and they treat you like shit, you're gonna shoot an email, you're gonna complain, you're gonna say something. But you know, with us, it's like you know the owner not around. He's not engaged or whatever have you. So we gotta do better. We gotta get our shit together, man. That's just a little quick spewing of what I want to feel when I said. because it's it's fucked up. And just thinking about all the bad experience I had, like the one I just brought up about Blaze, and then I seen a guy who uh, is a critic online about OLG. And he sent his people into the store. For those in the, head of the story, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's been buzzing around. Candy actually did like a response about it. She didn't say his name, but whatever. Um, so he sends his people in, he's a critic. He sends his people in to try to get seated at OLG, that's in Atlanta. And it's like, okay, fine. They told his people that it's an hour wait. So he, he was like, All right. He pulled up a couple minutes later, and all of a sudden, because they knew who he was, they got that seat ready for him. So he refused the seat because he's like, hey, listen, I just sent my people in here, and yeah, I said y'all ain't had no seats, but I pull up. Y'all want to give me preferential treatment. So I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. That's really fucked up. Like you told the ladies to do DoorDash, whatever, uh, food service, and that was still going to take some time. Or they could have got they stuff to go and send the call, but they still was going to have to wait. But when he pulled up, he gets service instant. That's crazy. It goes back to, like I said, why we do that? This is us. It's, we doing that. Ain't nobody doing that to us. We do it. we all We scream racial shit, or racism, or we're being mistreated and all the other shit, but when we do it to each other, it's regular degular. So at the end of the day, What happened to the service? What happened to that that guest-like acceptance when somebody walks into your establishment? You know what I mean? You're grinding, you're trying to service your community, but at the same time, you have to be of service to your community. So I want money from my community to keep my doors open, to keep money flowing in my pocket, to put kids in school, pay bills, whatever, to work. But at the end of the day, your sweat, your equity that you put in has to be reciprocated somehow, right? So again, owners, entrepreneurs, before you think about setting up shop in your hood, your community, understand at the end of the day, you got to treat these people like people, like guests. Like you invite a guest to your house. You talk to a guest. Everybody that walks in your establishment, it's not there for how you feel. They're there to be served and treated with respect and dignity because you're getting their hard-earned money to keep your lights on. So it, what if it's the hundredth, the 50th, the 3 millionth customer that you have, that's potential money gained and money lost. And everybody knows that even though you're trying to be a boss, a boss knows when to boss up and how to empower people to do the right thing. So it's not about you always have to be on your associates' back. It's that you empower them to as if they're running the establishment, as if they're the CFO, the CEOs of the company. So, when people are around and you're not there, it could be just as tight as when you are in the building. That's leadership. So, this is for my entrepreneurs. When y'all get into that game, understand what leadership is. Understand what development is. Development. Understand all that shit. That's how we get better. All right? Next chapter. So, yeah, check it out, man. I was, uh, again, listening to a podcast. And uh, there was talk about this whole positivity and ratchet shit It was up. Somebody that I respect, like Doggy, excuse me, Doggy Diamonds, he was going in. He was saying that we, the consumers, the content creators, the people who flavor, who salt the seasoning to this whole industry, whether it be entertainment as far as rap, sports, podcasting, styles, life, just swag, riz, whatever you want to call it, flavor. That's an old word. But you know what I'm saying, like, (laughs) why is it that things that are about building and developing are always overlooked? But if I do a show about somebody getting killed some snitching shit or some negative shit. You get all the viral clicks, the views, the downloads, the streams, all that shit. But then when you're doing something of empowerment, something to make people's lives better, give them some type of advice, life is advice over your experiences, no one's listening. The attention span goes away. Usually retention, like they got analytics, you look at your shows, and even though we say you don't look at numbers, you still got to look at retention. Everybody does. You know, you look at it from different breakdowns from Spotify, Google, wherever you're at. Like, you could get the numbers, you just got to do the research for it. And you could see this thing I call retention, it's audience retention. So, audience retention is basically saying, like, when somebody cuts your show on, how long do they listen? You know, it could be 30 seconds, a minute, whatever, whatever, whatever. So, you could basically get a screenshot. Or how long people listen to your stuff with retention and then like when they cut it off. Times, breakdowns, time of the weeks, whatever. All that is in there is analytics for that, right? It's numbers. So you look at the numbers and when you do a show that's like Ratchet and Anarchy, the shit is through the roof. Retention is usually at 100%. But when you do a show something like this, it could be like 40, 60, never a hundred, not all the time. You get a lot more misses than hits, so I'm like, damn. So I'm listening to this podcast. And he's like, yo, going out. just did a show about hip hop, fifty MCs, and this down the third, and and and, and he only got two hundred sixty thousand um subscribers. He's like one of the OGs in the game, and I'm like, damn. If he only got two hundred sixty plus thousand subscribers, and he's been doing this one in the, since day one, and he's like, yo, he's bringing up like the Adam. Uh, 22s and the Vlad, non-black content creators that use black culture to perpetuate this bullshit to sell. It's crazy because they have millions and millions of subscribers. They get viral every video they put out, talking to Boosie, talking about Tupac, talking about all oh, 6ix9ine, all that shit, the whatever. And these are white people. We don't support each other unless it's about ignorance. And I'm not saying, but I'm saying it. Fuck it. We don't. We'd rather listen and click on the bullshit than to click on the self-embetterment, the power shit, shit that's going to have you thinking outside the box. That's crazy, but it's a fact. We don't want to be a part of the rebuild. We want to be a part of the destruction, dysfunction. It's fucking crazy. Now, I get it. You can laugh. You can joke. You can do all that shit. But you can't do it all the time. I like ratchet shit, but I don't like it all the time. Too much of it fucks with your head. It's like, damn, that's all I see? That's all we know? No, it's small. So why don't we give... The positive, is just as much retention than the negative and bullshit. We wanna know who's snitching. We not we wanna know why Saucer Santana act going at it. We wanna know why Carisha this and like we wanna know. That's the juice. What they say, that's the tea. We want the tea. And that shit be piping, flaming tea. Hot. We want that. We don't want the water, shit bland even though it's the best thing for you to drink. It actually replenishes your thirst. It actually helps you live. You don't want that. So if I choose violence on every episode and just decide that, hey, fucking, I'm going to attack this person, I'm going to attack women, I'm going to attack men, I'm going to attack, 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 attack. attack or anarchy, or talk about this, and smacking this, and shooting that, I heard this, this. Retention is 100%. That shit corny, man. Do better to get better. You in the dirt, you're gonna stay dirty, man. Why? You wear nice clothes to look good, to be clean. You don't come out the house looking to get dirty. But with this entertainment shit, it's only supported and loved within our community when it's dirty. And we got to do something about that shit, man. So, we getting the gunshots. That's us as a whole, man. It's fucked up. Take the negativity. Take that. Do with the shit, man. Like I said, you can't always get dirty, man. Sometimes you got to stay clean. All right? Next chapter. Yeah, like I was just speaking about that uh, academics Kareisha shit, and uh, my son jumped into it, and I was watching his comments on social media, and they was roasting his ass like, "Yo, OG, sit down, this ain't your game, and just down the third, and blah 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 blah." Queen Latifah even posted uh, what my son said about how black women are unprotected, and this down the third. I get where he's coming from, cause at the end of the day, like AK is a bitch, like. Like I said five seconds ago, people love negativity. And he talks to shit. And he's making millions of dollars off death and destruction. And being a fucking uh, a gossiping chick. It's corny, man. Like I get, you could roast guys. Like you say, he told my son, suck his dick, all that. Act is a sucker. You could tell. We've seen his interactions. We've seen him get punked. But he got money. And then he's running running with whack and whatever, whoever protecting him. So, he got a little, he got a little backup, but you ain't always gonna have that protection, man. Like, if you're willing to say something, you gotta stand on it and deal with it. Like he, that shit saucy so said was crazy. Like, yo, fuck him. I find it humorous. Like, that shit is funny. I get it. He's a cornball troll. But at the end of the day, like, you gotta answer for the shit you do and say. That's just the reality of life. Like, you could go that Jamaican accent to my body, man. That shit was. It was humorous, cause he's scared to get cancer. But I, I know he feels like that saucy Santana, saucy Santana would probably fuck him up. I know he do. And if you get beat up, and I know his crew gonna be like, your dog, you got beat up by it. You know what I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll never live that down. But my song was saying, like, I get everything he was saying. It's like, when are we gonna sit there and call these guys out? It's, it's still in his whole shit. Coward culture. It's, it's corny. Like, I... I'm from the type... The time, right? The type of time that... I'm not arguing with a woman. Unless it's my woman. But if I'm in the street and it get heated, I'm not going in with a woman. Because one, if she get in my face or she touches me, I'm going to react. And then I'm going to like the bad guy because I react. It just is what it is. I... I will never mince my uh, words about that. Men should not hit women. Women should not hit men. So if you're a woman, you hit a man, you better hope you got a good one. Because I'm from the class that if you hit me, I'm hitting you back. That's just a fact of life. And again, I don't condone violence, but I'm just speaking of facts. Like, if you hit me, it's up to me to decide what to do. But that's another day, another day chapter another the discussion. So if I'm of that type of time and temperature and I don't want to be deemed a womanizer, a woman beater rather, I'm not going to be confrontational with a woman I don't know. Because I don't know who she's going to call or whatever have you. I don't, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go back and forth with a woman. I'm not. And not to quote Charleston White, but he said something that I, I, I get it. He was like, yo, the kid that Killed the guy I was arguing with his moms or whatever. He was like, yo, she wasn't a woman. Why was she arguing with this man? I said, uh, "I see where both of them are coming from. But he needed to be in a, like, I'm like, yo, man, this is a woman here. Like, what am I getting from arguing with you? I'm not fucking you. So unless you come and touch me, we good. I'm not threatening to smack nobody. I ain't going to say I'm going to smack shit out. There. I ain't going to say that. I'm going to be like, yo, miss, you go that way, I go this way. But if she coming in my space, oh, it's different. She tried to hit you, it's different. So I get what he was saying. But him, that guy, he didn't have to go that route. Well, I'm not threatening some woman I don't know. Someone I'm not fucking with. Somebody that I'm not dealing with like that. It's stupid. Because, again, I could get killed or whatever, put in the situation I don't need to be. And I'm going to let one, uh, one incident of a minute turn into 10 to 15, 25 years, whatever, because somebody may lose their life or I might lose mine. Nah, fuck out of here. So I think about shit like that. But like I said, but like, act, he began at these women, man. He began at black women a lot. He do. The Carisha shit, the Gorilla shit, all that coincides, man. And I get it. Like it's easy to get out of people who put themselves in that situation, like Carisha, the City Girls, the music, like, this whole whore shit that is perpetuating the music, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Carisha with her lifestyle, being Diddy's side chick or whatever. So I get all that. But at the end of the day, this is the same dudes that be like, oh, I love my black women and this, that, and the third, or they be simple for these chicks, that the BBLs and all that shit. So the game be fucked up. like, Like that Joe Smith shit. And I got a theory on that Smith shit, him, Will, they gay us like like they marrying these women that ain't our fucking animals. Like Joe Smith's wife, Keisha. She sat on one of these shows and she said that her being an adult entertainer, a porn star, a former porn star, who's getting dicked down by anybody and everybody that you can name that on outside the spectrum that we could think about. She said that her porn bodies are not the same as a regular life body. She said that. So her vagina got two gears. It got work gear and home gear. And she said, and I quote, it's different. So if she getting dicked down by 60 dudes doing adult entertainment and she getting dicked down by five dudes in real life, non-adult, non acted non-script, she only got five bodies in real life. But she going to discount the 60. <laughs> she said that shit seriously. <laughs> and those who seen the video, Unless You Underneath a Rock, she has an OnlyFans account, and she video uh, recorded Joe and saying, hey, nigga, basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, your money's short now, nigga. I thought I was gonna have a certain lifestyle or whatever, whatever. And I gotta, I got my needs to be met, and I gotta do what I gotta do. You met me, I was like that, and I said, "Shit, that's powerful." And she's like, "I gotta, I got only fans and like sassing." Him. And he just looked fucking simple. He just looked broken, kind of like Will with the last shit that he been going through. And they both Smiths. It's crazy. So, and then she did an interview with TMZ, and she was like, "Yeah, Joe worked for me. I got a company. He's one of my workers." Like, she's just shitting on this guy, man. Like, if she's an ain't shit woman, that's an ain't shit wife, man. That's that's some real shit. Like, she ain't shit, man. If if that's your wife, just like Jada ain't shit. And why I'm saying that? Cause you ain't shit. It's certain things are not for everybody, is man. If she divorced Will Smith 30 years ago, but they always showed up as husband and wives, I don't give a fuck what we hear. Because like I said, Will could be gay, have lives outside. Of, everything is speculation. She know where the body is buried at, but she just castrated him publicly. Oh, I didn't want to get married and all this other shit and entanglements. And I just needed to fix this person. And, and I needed And he sat there cried. They all actors. they actors. I said that shit when that shit really went down, with the uh, red table talk, with the August entanglement. But to just to show you how low people can be, and not bashing women, not saying no, but women like her, like uh, Jada and Akisha, uh, Joe Smith White, they fucking suck. They suck because if the roles were reversed and it were men, the world would burn their asses to the ground. There would be a cross. Jada went and promoted a book and just let the world know that her and Will have been separated for basically seven years. And the night of the slap, she didn't know what was going on until he started cursing and yada, yada. She knew what the fuck was going on. Because remember, Will laughed at the joke. His temperature changed when she looked at him. And she probably said with the stand face, and most women can attest, nigga, you're going to let this, this is why I should have married Pac when we know Pac is dead. We ain't even going to talk about that. Because that shit is disgusting. Like, she's just fanboying about some dude that's been dead over 20 years. Got her daughter who never met Tupac. So my, my mom missed you. I like, shut the like. up. Will, I don't even feel sorry for him no more. Because at the end of the day, like I said before, you allow people to treat you how you want to be treated. You set the tempo. If you don't put parameters up there, and they can sit there and say, oh, this station is open. I'm just going to run right through this shit. Wife, child, kid, Jesus, you have to set parameters, people. If you don't, you're going to get ran over all the fucking time. Because it's just human nature. People say, hey, shit, he he ain't really mad about it. I don't give a fuck how much therapy I need. You know when you're being abused. If you continuously Walk down that street and a guy keep on hitting you up your head, upside your head every time you walk down the street, you should know to avoid that street. They be like, oh, shoke is trauma bond." I don't give a fuck. Common sense ain't common, but if I'm getting the same knot because I walk down that same block, I ain't walking down that block no more. Just wake the fuck up. But you know what? What do I know? Just a guy from Brooklyn for the podcast. So anyway, man, that's just my quick hit. I don't know what y'all going to do, but don't let people take advantage of you. Don't let people shit on you. Be strong. Build. Do what you got to do. Stop feeling into the negativity of other people's trauma because that's what life is. You go through shit, but you don't let nobody pull you down. Help those who help themselves love those who love you. And at the end of the day, that's my unpopular theory. All right, people. I'm out this motherfucker. Support, subscribe, share, unpopular theory. Wherever you get your, your podcast from. You want know, iTunes, Apple, whatever you want to call it. Google, Amazon, everywhere. All right? Later.
1: Niggas so thirsty to put me in beef I said that my words and start looking too deep I look at the tweets and, and start sucking my, my teeth goat. I'm letting it rock cause I love the mystique I still wanna give me a song I don't beat. own this the that you saw on IG. Just know if I saw not own just music you, I make sure you never know like come right right on your call ID. I'm naming the album to fall off. this pretty ironic, cause it ain't no follow for me. Still in this biscuit and bigger, they waiting on the kid to come drop like a father to be. Love when they argue the hardest MC. Is it K that is it over Avra me? We the big three like we started a lead But right now I feel like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah, Muhammad Ali. The one that they call connecting no more. Feel like
0: j- well, hold on before I go, I get this off my chest. Almost forgot people, black people, brown people, male, female, we all wrong. No one has this shit 100% figured out. We need each other. This whole 50s, 60s, whatever the, like, splitting the man should pay for this, the woman should pay for it, it's a bunch of shit. It's stupid. And this is why I'm going to say it's stupid. If I make, $100,000 hundred thousand dollars a year, and you make seventy thousand dollars a year, right? That's one hundred and seventy thousand dollars, right? And I'm talking about after taxes. So one hundred and seventy thousand dollars after taxes, and you got four kids, whatever. If you find a way, collectively, to say, "Hey, the person who makes the hundred k after taxes could take on the bigger bills. The person who makes seventy k after taxes." You take on the smaller bills. So not one person is taking the brunt of everything. And I find this shit to be so selfish. And it, and it burns my fucking soul when I see black women saying, I seen a black woman the other day said, if she wants, to, if you want to date her, you got to cash app her $300. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Then you got the list of women saying that they don't want to go to Cheesecake Factory or this, that, and the third. And then... And if you can't pay my bill, it's a bunch of dumb shit. It's dumb. These women that are saying this shit, right? Are women who deal with guys who have a simple outlook in life. They're simps, right? It just is what it is. Cause a man is gonna say, whether he be a millionaire, a thousandaire, a hundred thousand there, you know what he gonna say? Listen. All right, if you're staying home, you got to hold a fort down, right? And you know what he's going to do? He's going to make that money, and he's going to f- basically make you feel like shit. Because if he's a six-figure dude or $80,000 dude, whatever he is, he's going to find a way to make you feel like shit. This is what, a, this is what they do, the simps, right? They'd be like, all right, stay home, baby. But then they have multiple women, right? As we say, high-value. The ditties, the millionaires, is—they have babies with other chicks, and they do whatever, and they take you shopping. You're not the only one, so you're never treated like a queen. You're just treated like an option, an option that you know I can fulfill whatever wants. She could do what she wanted. I could pee on her too. So, if you allow yourself to be maybe second, third, fourth, or fifth, depending on the type of guy, depending on how he looked and his wealth, you're stupid because you're never gonna be a queen. And this is what I knock women on—that you have this mentality in your prime years and then when y'all got four or five kids y'all want to find a nice guy, the real man, the one who liked you at high school that you thought was corny like Michael B. Jordan said with L'Oreal last year. That shit. Why you got to wait till you got done dirty by the futures and all that other shit to want to be with the good guy? Why? Why do you want to put mileage and have kids and have a guy take care of other people's kids and all that other shit? It's corny. So we got to stop being corny. So you ain't got to be like Joe Smith's wife. You ain't got to be like Jada. Like, leave that nigga alone. And men, stop sipping for these chicks. It's a saying. And I I didn't understand it as a kid, but now I do as an adult. Don't go for the woman you like. Go for the woman that likes you. Because the woman that likes you, she like you for who you are and what you may be and what you may not be. The woman you like, just like you because of what you have and what you are. And if that shit dry, you get hurt, you stop playing, you're, you're not getting the roles or whatever have you, she going to shit on you and find the next dude. Now, if she's old, it's going to be harder because now she an old hoe. But if she still got good mileage, it's a wrap. Like Jada and uh, Keisha, they, they can't really find replacements for Will and Joe. They going to find people to sleep with them, but ain't nobody going to be with them because they old. But if they were 27 and they prime and not in their 50s, she would be different. So again, people, love each other, but love yourself more importantly. And I'm really out this motherfucker this
1: time. All right, later. later. Hey, how the gang got away from the bars, man, and shit. I like don't own this music, people. Everybody step is fucking it, everybody breakfast and I'm about to clear up my plate. <laughs> when I show up, it's motion picture blockbuster. The goat with the golden pen, the top toucher, the spot rusher. Spray this whole shit up, the crop duster. Not Russia, but a plot pressure to your cranium. Cold's automatic when aiming them. With the boy in the status of stadium.